Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24:15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. world and thank you for tuning in we're going to start a brand new series today i call it slave trade this is actually chapter 17 from a book i've written called living pure in an impure world we need to understand the answer to a very important question was jesus born with the nature of sin you might not think it's an important question you might not think it makes a difference but it really does it's very, very important that we answer the question properly, and I'll show you why. Let's talk about man. The Bible says we're a three-part being. Are we really a three-part being? Well, yes, we are a three-part being made up of spirit, soul, and body. But there are other spiritual factors which have a play in our nature, our character, and our behavior. Well, first of all, we are a spirit. Another word the Bible uses for that is heart, or the center of our being. And then the second word the Bible uses is our soul, which stands for our mind. It can be carnal or spiritual, and our soul is our house, so to speak, of our intellect, will, and emotions. Then we have our body. It's our muscles, our organs, our bones, and our five senses, being sight, smell, taste, touch, and hearing. Then we have the flesh. And the real definition of our flesh is the propensity for sin or the tendency towards sin. There's another thing we need to understand. It's our sin nature. And it's really a slavery to sin. It's the character or instinct of sin in the likeness of Adam after he sinned. Then we have the conscience, which is the voice of the heart or inner being. The Bible tells us it can be good. It can be evil. It can be sound or not sound. It can be seared. It can be excused, rejected. It can be weak, defiled. And then it can be cleansed or strong, pure, and convicting. And last but not least, we have what's called the nature of righteousness, which is in the likeness of Adam before he sinned and of the nature of Christ. Now, all seven factors mentioned are very closely related. And the word of God is the only thing that can distinguish between them. The word, like a skilled surgeon with a super sharp scalpel, shows us how they work for or against each other, whether we are subject to them or whether or not they are a part of our nature, our character, and our instinct. Another way to express the nature of sin and the nature of righteousness is what's natural within the core of our being made up of spirit, soul, and body. 
The book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Psalm 51 verse 5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So to understand who we are, it is important to understand the difference between the first Adam, being Adam, and the last Adam, being Christ. So the question is, was Jesus, who is the last Adam, born with a nature of sin? Some believe that Jesus was born with a nature of sin. The reason is because Hebrews chapter 5 verse 15 says he was tempted in all ways as we are. And then Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. How could he have been tempted like we are if he didn't have the nature of sin? In order to answer this question, we need to fully understand the first Adam and the last Adam. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, it says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The original word for last is the Greek word eschatos, which means pertaining to being the last in a series, last, final, or finally. It's also where we get the word eschatology, which is the study of the end times. Let's discuss the first Adam to see how it may lead to the second or the last Adam being Christ. The first Adam, being Adam, was not born with the nature of sin. He was born in the image of God. He had no sin, no nature of sin, and was an eternal, immortal being. He had the capacity of choice and therefore the capacity to sin. However, he was created in the image of God and did not have the actual nature or instinct of sin. He was born spirit, soul, and body. He also had the spiritual aspects of the flesh being the conscience and the nature of righteousness. When the first Adam was tempted through the flesh, he made the choice to disobey God and to sin. When he did, the nature or the instinct of sin came upon him and then he acquired spiritual death and separation from God. But he was now spiritually dead and banished from the garden and God's presence. He was no longer an immortal being with the nature of righteousness. The exact same thing happened to Eve. This sin nature was then passed upon every generation of man since. And it tells us that in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. It is important to understand that the first Adam was tempted and sinned without having the nature of sin, and when he did, the nature of sin then came upon him. Now man had to be redeemed and somehow restored back to the nature Adam had before he sinned. Well, who could do this? The wages of sin is death. It says that in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And because this nature of sin passed on from Adam, every man and woman has sinned and come short of the glory of God, as it quotes in, as it quotes in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Since then, no man or woman has been able to live a life without sin. Why? 
because it's our nature. It's natural for us to sin. We actually became slaves to sin and its power. The first Adam became a new kind, and every man and woman born after him is of the same kind. How can man be redeemed? It could only be paid for by someone without sin. Why? Because if they had sinned, they would have the nature of sin and would be guilty of death. So how could God resolve this? Again, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even through the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. What was our question? The question was, was Jesus, the last Adam, born with the nature of sin? And when the first Adam sinned, he became a new kind, and every man born after him is of the same kind, a new kind having a new nature being the nature of sin. And since every man and woman has sinned and come short of the glory of God, how could man be redeemed? It could only be paid for with someone without sin, because if they'd sinned, they again would inherit the nature of sin and would be guilty of death. Well, he needed to create a new Adam, one like the first Adam. However, several requirements needed to be met. This second or last Adam needed to be born from the generation of the first Adam. This second Adam needed to be created in the image of God, just like the first, but without the nature of sin. This last Adam needed to be tempted just like the first Adam. However, he would need to finish the work where the first Adam failed by living a life without sin. The last and sinless Adam would need to take upon himself the sins of the first Adam and all generations to follow. And since the wages of sin is death, he would also have to die by sacrifice through his shed blood. This last Adam would need to go to hell to pay for the final redemption and be raised from the dead in a new likeness, not after the likeness of the first Adam after he sinned, but in the likeness of the first Adam before he sinned. The last Adam, having paid the price for all sin, would then offer his righteousness in exchange. And because man has free will, this gift of exchange, his righteousness for our sin, would have to be accepted by choice and by faith. How would God create this second Adam? Both man in his likeness, being the son of man without the nature of sin, and God in his likeness, the son of God with the nature of righteousness. Well, he would do it through the Virgin Mary. He would send his only son, Jesus, the son of God, to be born of a virgin, the son of man. Somehow, it seems this sin nature is passed through the spirit and blood. This second Adam would be born of man through the Virgin Mary with the spiritual and physical flesh. He would not be born of an earthly father with the nature of sin, but he would be born with the spirit and nature of righteousness through his father God. He would be born the son of man and the son of God. Could his son Jesus be tempted just like Adam yet be without sin? Well, this was the risk. Was Jesus tempted? Yes. Was he tempted in all ways as we are? Yes. However, legally, he did not have to have the nature of sin. He only had to complete where the first Adam failed, not where you and I failed. You see, if the first Adam never sinned, death would never have passed upon him. The first Adam was born a righteous and eternal being. He was not subject to death. 
He was created in the image of God. If the first Adam never sinned, his nature would have never changed and he would have never died. But he did sin, and death has prevailed in man's nature ever since. Well, the answer to all this is but God. In John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And in verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For he made him, capital H, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Some say that man is born inherently good, and sometimes he makes mistakes. This is incorrect. No man is born inherently evil, and sometimes he does something right. Well, our time is up, so tune in tomorrow, same time, same place, and same channel. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.